Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every weekend, same time, same station, and you can join us every weekend. We'd love to have you here. I like sharing information with you. I like letting you know that you can make changes if you want. You have to have some discipline. You make some sacrifices. You have to get rid of that junk food, get rid of the sugar, get rid of all those desserts, get rid of all, get rid of all that fast food, get rid of all that sweetness, and change your diet completely. You know, some people just eat the same old diet that made them fat and reduce the amount of food for a while to get thin, and then they go right back to eating the same amount of food they did before, and they get fat all over again. And the fatter we get, the weaker we get. We destroy our muscles by losing weight. It's better to lose weight and exercise at the same time so we maintain that muscle structure. 50%, almost 50% of the weight you lose, we lose, if you lose weight, is muscle. We actually lose muscle as we try to lose the fat. And then when we gain fat again, we don't gain muscle again. So we get weaker over time. The more you are on that yo-yo diet of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, you're going to get fatter and fatter and fatter and less muscle. So you're going to get weaker. You might get thin, but you'll be frail and weak. The best thing to do is choose a great diet that is high in protein, very high in good quality healthy fats, Lower your carbohydrates down to less than 75 grams per day and no sugar whatsoever. And you lose weight, gain muscle because muscles, you know, the best supplement you can, you can have in your diet is protein. Our body is made of protein. So we can't go out without having a substantial level of protein and fats. And fats will never make you fat if you give up the carbohydrates. But you can't do both. Give up the carbohydrates and choose fats for your energy levels and for your health. You will do so much better. And then add exercise. You should have some weight-bearing exercises because your muscles will get stronger when you pit your muscles against weight and then gradually increase the amount of weight. You'll not become a bodybuilder. Ladies, you'll not build muscles. You'll not look like a, um, a bodybuilder. You'll have nice toned muscle. That's what you want. So we have a lot to do today. A lot to share with you today. 
We're going to be talking about an herb called berberine. That's spelled B-E-R-B-E-R-I-N-E, berberine. Why is berberine so hot today? It is one of the most sought-after herbs today. And it is very hard to get the raw material available. But we'll tell you why. Why everybody wants it. And we'll talk about vitamin K. And what you should know about it. And are you too low in vitamin K? And then we'll talk about three botanicals. Three herbs, medicinal herbs, that are very effective against lung cancer. And how do you recover after surgery? Any kind of surgery. And then we'll talk about the unexpected side effects of statin drugs. Even skin Infections from statin drugs. Statin drugs, I hate them. It's absolutely unnecessary to take a drug for cholesterol. Cholesterol is a natural nutrient so critical to the body that the body manufactures it on a daily basis. We can't live without cholesterol. And just to say because your cholesterol is high that you should bring it down. Absolutely not. There are different fractions fractions of cholesterol. And some are good and some are bad. So you should know the fractions and what they mean. And you should know all the little factors of Cholesterol is how you can maintain better health. Cholesterol does not cause heart disease. It does not clog your arteries. It does not plug your arteries. Calcium does. And then when we're talking about vitamin K, we'll find out why vitamin K is so important for calcium absorption and preventing plaque in the arteries, plugging the arteries. That whole theory on statin drugs is a scam. It's a money-making scam. And they lower the level of what they believe is healthy cholesterol, which means there are more people in the United States that then would require a drug. Lowering the cholesterol level increases the population of those that should then be on a drug based on their calculations. Poppycock, a load of manure, it's baloney. Don't worry about your cholesterol unless it's over a 1,000. Your body makes it. You can't eat too much of it. Eating food that's high in cholesterol has no effect on the level of cholesterol in your body. But they still 
brainwash people that, oh, you're going to die if you have this level of cholesterol or that level of cholesterol, X, Y, Z. It's all a bunch of baloney. I'm not telling you to get off your drug. If a doctor has put you on a drug, you talk to your doctor. But if you look at all the research on cholesterol, we can't live without it. All of our hormones, testosterone, estrogen, all are made from cholesterol. DHEA, pregnenolone. 50% of the people that die from a heart attack or a stroke have what the doctors believe to be a good level of cholesterol. So even if you have low cholesterol, more people die from a heart attack with low cholesterol, not high cholesterol, low cholesterol. That's one of my pet peeves. that people are afraid of their cholesterol level. And doctors scare the heck out of you. The best thing to know is don't worry about your cholesterol. It would be better if it was never, ever mentioned. But that makes a lot of money for drug companies. So we're going to also talk about how to get more energy. And how... And why you should avoid abusing your liver. And how you can restore liver health. And then one of the most sought after herbs for stress reduction. For insomnia. For energy. And less stress overall. Ashwagandha. These are some very, very important topics. So let's start off with berberine. Is it a fad? Is it a flop? Or is it truly a natural medicine? Well, according to the data from the natural products market, berberine sales have increased 75% in just the last six months. 75% increase in sales. Berberine is now being touted as nature's Ozempic. It's not, but I'll get to that. Good for weight loss, yes. Reducing food cravings, yes. Lowering blood sugar, yes. So what is berberine? It's a natural plant, a natural herbal compound found in the bark, leaves, roots, rhizomes, twigs, stems of several plants, including Indian barberry, golden seal, Oregon grape, and it has been used medicinally for over 2,000 years. Now, modern research has finally focused on what berberine is all about. It's been used successfully, effectively, in cultures in India, China, and all those Asian countries, in Ayurvedic medicines. 
in cultures traditionally used. Two thousand years. Not by science, but because it worked. These people over 2,000 years would not continue to use it if it didn't work. They, they found it worked, and then they passed it down from generation to generation to generation. Then science says, well, that's a bunch of baloney. We're going to prove it. So they do modern research. And what did they find out? <laughs> it's a very powerful anti-inflammatory. It regulates metabolic syndrome. And of course, let's explain metabolic syndrome. What is it? Well, it's a condition that involves about six different categories. So someone who has metabolic syndrome typically has high blood pressure and has high triglycerides. Now there is the culprit, not cholesterol, triglycerides. Cholesterol is made naturally by the body. Now I believe if something's made naturally by the body, it's got to be very critical for the function of the body. Otherwise it wouldn't be there. But triglycerides is a type of fat made from the carbohydrates and sugar that's consumed by Americans. It's a byproduct of eating too much sugar and carbohydrates. It's a fat. And that kind of fat damages our arteries, damages our heart, not the cholesterol. Our body depends on a natural level of cholesterol. When I say natural level, natural level to you, to you, to you. No two people have exactly the same level of cholesterol because we're all different. Now, those that have metabolic syndrome typically have very low HDL cholesterol. That's a good cholesterol. Now, all cholesterol is good. But some can be out of whack. So we have to tweak it a little bit. And the tweaking comes by lowering fat. Excuse me. By lowering sugar and carbohydrates. And bad fats. The vegetable fats. Vegetable fats like soybean oil, canola oil, corn oil, sunflower seed oil. Safflower seed oil, peanut oil, grape seed oil. All these oils are far too high in omega-6 fatty acids, which is pro-inflammatory. Now also, metabolic syndrome, how it affects an individual, abdominal obesity. That's the worst kind of fat. That is a visceral, visceral fat that's found in the abdominal cavity surrounding all the organs and glands. And then this person has a pre-diabetic or a diabetic. They have insulin resistance. So let me say that in a summary. 
Metabolic syndrome is high blood pressure. High LDL and triglycerides. Low HDL. Abdominal obesity. The spare tire in men. And women with belly fat. Pre-diabetes or diabetes. Now, metabolic syndrome is classified if the person has more three or more of these conditions. And metabolic syndrome, why is it so important? Because it significantly increases the risk of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and stroke. And almost one-third, that's about 125 million people in the U.S., have metabolic syndrome. And berberine manages, controls, and balances metabolic syndrome. So berberine is a treatment for metabolic syndrome. In a study of 24 people with metabolic syndrome receiving 500 milligrams of berberine three times daily or a placebo for three months, they were treating metabolic syndrome. Statistically, significantly reduced the BMI, the waist size, glucose levels, plus a 42% reduction in triglycerides, the bad fat, a 6% reduction in blood pressure, reducing blood pressure, a 20% reduction in insulin resistance. This is powerful. A drug can't do that. It's amazing how nature is more effective than drugs. I shouldn't say amazing. We know that. Now, triglycerides is that fat that's made from sugar and carbohydrates because carbohydrates are just converted to sugar in the body. Now, if you want to know how healthy you are, Take your triglyceride level and divide it by your HDL level. So if your triglycerides are 150 and your HDL is 50, that gives you a number of three. And you should be healthy. You want to reduce that number from the division of triglycerides by HDL. Three or lower. Some even wanted two or lower. But three, I think, is a good place to settle. So divide your triglycerides by your HDL. Women should have an HDL over 50. And men should have an HDL over 40. So if you have triglycerides, at 300, and your HDL is 30, ooh, you're in a heap of trouble. That's not very healthy. So know your triglycerides. That tells you how much risk you have of having a heart attack or a stroke. So now here's some more clinical research on berberine. 
Actually, it lowers blood sugar. Some people say, how can I get off sugar? And the doctor says, I have too much sugar in my bloodstream. Well, of course, you eat. if you're going to eat sugar, it's going to get in your bloodstream. So the best course of treating type 2 diabetes is stop eating sugar. And it lowers blood sugar as effectively, as effectively as prescription drug treatment. And no side effects, far less expensive. Patients with type 2 diabetes with a fasting blood glucose down 26% after using berberine versus 30% with metformin. So those taking berberine lowered blood sugar 26% and 30% with metformin. The A1C level was down 18% with berberine, 23% for metformin. But you have no side effects with berberine. It's sold over the counter everywhere. And it's very inexpensive. It's from the root of a plant. It's an alkaloid. And reduces triglycerides. 18% reduction in type 2 diabetes or diabetics with berberine versus only 6% in the metformin group. So when combined with diet, and I would highly, highly recommend the ketogenic diet because that diet emphasizes protein, high protein, high good fats like olive oil, and then exercise. No carbohydrates or sugar. The amount of carbohydrates should be less than 75 grams daily. The American diet is between 400 and 500 grams daily. And with tons of sugar. No sugar. And berberine was shown to lower blood pressure more effectively than lifestyle alone or placebo. So use berberine for metabolic syndrome, fatty liver, diabetes, lowering the risk of Alzheimer's disease and dementia, rheumatoid arthritis, cancer. Now the studies have been shown 500 milligrams three times daily. But recently a new berberine is on the market with less dosage because only 1% of the amount individuals take is absorbed. But by taking 250 milligrams of berberine paired with a compound called gamma cyclodextrin to boost absorption just once daily, the 250 milligram with gamma cyclodextrin as a carrier of the compound into the bloodstream 
is far more effective than 1,500 milligrams. In fact, one study I ran across, when berberine is complexed with gamma cyclodextrin, it's a natural compound to increase the absorption of plants, it increased the absorption by nine times. So we could say then 250 milligrams times nine with just one capsule daily, not three capsules daily. I would look for your berberine today, especially the one complex with gamma cyclodextrin. That'll increase the absorption. You'll only need one capsule daily, not three or more. Now, are you low on vitamin K? Here's some research on vitamin K, especially important for your lungs. Researchers in Sweden tested over 4,000 adults between the ages of 24 and 77. Each subject was given a lung function test by measuring how much air they could draw in and breathe out, as well as blood work and a physical examination. From the study, the results, the lower the vitamin K levels for the subjects, the worse their lung function, and the more likely they were to have asthma or COPD. Now we're talking about vitamin K2. While vitamin K is better known for its effects on blood clotting and bone density, a 2020 paper has also found that women with adequate levels of vitamin K were 39% less likely to have emphysema, a lung disease causing shortness of breath. About 60% of men and 40% of women over the age of 50 do not get the recommended daily allowance of vitamin K. So make sure you get adequate levels of both K1 and K2. They both have an effect on the health of our body. Very few people ever think about vitamin K. It's always vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, but never vitamin K. And we need both K1 and K2 for a healthy body. With that, my friends, I've got to pause for a moment. I'm going to let the station identify itself and also run some commercials, and I'll be right back. So please, you stay where you are or come back. And this is Terry Naturally with Terry Talk Nutrition back right after these messages. Welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally. We're here with our second portion of the program. We're here to the top of the hour. We'll be here with you a lot more information, a lot more ideas you can use to increase the quality of your life and your health. I take berberine every day, and I take both K1 and K2 every day. They all make a difference. Berberine is so in demand right now, it's quite difficult to find, but I'm sure you can find it if you look diligently for it or on 
uh, at your health food store. So now I'm going to give you three botanical medicines that are effective against lung cancer. We haven't talked about lung health like COPD, asthma, emphysema, but we just learned how vitamin K can be so important. Now let's talk about lung cancer. It is very difficult to treat. Lung cancer is one of the most deadly cancers. And life expectancy after diagnosis is about 7 to 16 months. And scientific medical researchers are looking for new treatments and ways to make existing treatments more effective combined with natural medicines. Now, that's something you may not have heard. Drugs, natural, I should say, synthetic drugs, medicines, become more effective treating a variety of diseases when they're combined with a natural medicine of the choice for that indication. Now, there are three promising natural medicines against lung cancer. Three, milk thistle. You may have even seen this thistle grow in your backyard. It's a very tall thistle with a purple flower. Well, it's kind of like a purple flower, but it's it's kind of stringy looking. It's not like a bulb type flower. But many people know know the thistle. It's called milk thistle. And in research with this milk thistle, natural plant, in an animal model of lung cancer, daily oral intake of milk thistle reduced and resulted in a 93% reduction in development of large tumors of the lungs. And now we're back to this old guy. Berberine. In animal studies with lung cancer, berberine reduced the tumor size by 75%. And curcumin, our old friend, increased the effectiveness of standard drug treatment by 75% in drug-resistant lung cancer cells. Cancer cells build up a resistance to treatment, just like superbugs do. The bugs build up a resistance to antibiotics. So antibiotics are no longer as effective as they used to be. And sometimes more antibiotics are given to patients long and for longer periods of time and a stronger one because The bugs build up a resistance to the treatment. They're living. They want to survive. And they look for ways to outsmart the medicines or the drugs. The same is true for cancer cells. Cancer cells want to thrive and grow and metastasize and replicate and and multiply. 
and then leaves future cells for more cancer in the future. So curcumin is 75% effective in what is called drug resistant in lung cancer cells. So the lung cancer cells want to survive. They resist drug treatment. And they can only raise the drug treatment to a certain level, otherwise the drug will kill the patient and not the cancer. But when they give them curcumin, it makes the drug that's being used for treatment much more effective at a lower dose and less toxic. Now, we probably will all have some surgery from one time or another. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe we have some kind of condition that needs to be rectified with, with surgery. Maybe we tore our ACL. Maybe we tore our meniscus. It can be a variety of conditions that might require surgery. Nothing wrong with surgery. But it takes time to recover after surgery. Now, here are some goals we should all shoot for for a successful recovery after surgery. We need to reduce the pain and inflammation. You know, there's nothing wrong with inflammation. Inflammation is always, always good. It's not bad. And there's, there's no reason to reduce the inflammation without reducing the cause of the inflammation. Inflammation doesn't cause damage. It will over time, of course, because it becomes chronic. But we have to look for the cause of the inflammation, not just reduce inflammation. If we sprain our ankle, inflammation is going to be at that area of healing because inflammation heals. Your ankle might be hot to the touch, swollen, sore, pain, maybe twice the size, depending on how severe. And inflammation is part of that healing process. So every healing process involves inflammation. So without an injury, why would anybody have inflammation, chronic inflammation, that would cause cancer, heart disease, injury, all kinds of conditions? Because the number one cause in the United States for inflammation is sugar. Get that, sugar, and the diet, the American diet, very high in sugar, very high in carbohydrates, very high in vegetable oils, which contain high levels of omega-6 fatty acids. So the American diet consumed daily is increasing the level of inflammation daily. So unless we make some changes, 
And we buy pills to reduce inflammation. We buy supplements to reduce inflammation. We could reduce inflammation more effectively by reducing the American diet, which prolongs inflammation and starts inflammation. So get on a diet that's high in protein, high in healthy fats, and no sugar, and very low carbohydrates. And manage stress. Stress is also the beginning of inflammation. And then we need to speed the healing of damaged tissues. The most commonly prescribed pain medications after surgery, opioids, hydrocodone and oxycodone are two of the examples of opioids. And they're so powerful, so strong, that they might only give you 10 tablets. So you don't get hooked, addicted. A recent study found that 75% of Americans, 75% of Americans fill a prescription for an opioid drug after surgery. Opioids have a high potential for addiction and cause nausea, vomiting, constipation, cramps, and headaches. A study several years ago, I think it was in 2017, found that in patients with chronic wounds, actually those patients taking opioid drugs had slower healing of the wounds versus patients who did not take an opioid drug. So you can reduce pain naturally, not using opioids. Randomized double-blind placebo-controlled studies of 70 patients after gallbladder removal received curcumin or a placebo when they were discharged from the hospital. They also could use acetaminophen if they needed to or if they chose to as a rescue medication. Now the results of this study. Five times as many people in the placebo group needed Tylenol because they had so much pain. Then the curcumin group. So those taking Tylenol because they were in the placebo group, nothing was working. But in the curcumin group, the pain scores for the curcumin group were 50% lower than the placebo group. In other words, curcumin was as effective at reducing pain with no adverse effects for the liver because acetaminophen, Tylenol, a brand for acetaminophen, is the number one cause of liver failure in the United States. So here's what you want to try when you have pain after surgery. Take a 
powerful curcumin. I would say about 750 milligrams, complex with turmeric essential oil, and boswellia in black sesame seed oil. This is a combination of three herbs. Curcumin, complex with turmeric essential oil, boswellia, and black sesame seed oil. You can do that twice or more a day. About 1,000 milligrams, two or three, four times a day. No side effects. Does no harm to the stomach or liver or kidneys. It is totally safe. No side effects. No adverse events. And is the and, and is as effective as medication, opioids. Why reach for opioids? Why reach for Tylenol when you can use something natural without side effects? And you also want to reduce stress. High stress levels, slow wound healing. That's been found in many studies. In fact, in a study of wound healing college students, healing took 40% longer during examination time than during summer vacation. Stress prevents a lot of correct functioning of the body. In a study of caregivers, caregivers with high stress levels, 33% higher than controls. Wound healing took 24% longer for them than for people who had low stress levels. If you have high stress levels, your body does not function at a peak level of optimal function. And everything that's wrong lasts longer and more intense. And then to lower this stress, there are very good adaptogens which reduce stress, increase energy levels, and just overall lifestyle changes. Like andrographis or rhodiola, both have been shown to reduce stress. Both have been shown to increase wound healing in animal studies. And wounds treated with rhodiola for seven days were more than 50% smaller than untreated wounds. And then you can speed tissue repair, the most powerful supplement you can take. Protein. You need all the essential amino acids of protein. Like we need all the essential letters of the alphabet to make words. There's 26 letters and scrambled into a variety of letters. We can make millions of words, right? And protein is the same thing. And there's eight essential amino acids that the body cannot make. The body can make all the other amino acids, 
but there are, eight, there are eight amino acids that it cannot make. And to have a complete protein, you need all the amino acids. Like collagen is not a complete protein. It's not fulfill protein for your body. And some companies are selling collagen as a protein. There are peptides there, but it's not a protein. Protein has to have all of the essential and non-essential amino acids. Now, protein is very essential for new cell growth. Protein requires a mass of protein. Protein requirement may increase as much as 250% during tissue repair and healing. And the American diet is so low in protein. All these people that are obese, and it's almost close to 50% of America is obese. And they believe by 2050, not too far off, the entire country will be obese. And that fat that forms obesity comes from carbohydrates and sugar, not protein. You eat protein and fats and very, very low protein, excuse me, low carbohydrates. You will lose weight and you'll build muscle at the same time because we need protein to build the muscles. In a study of subjects, patients, being treated for diabetic foot ulcer. Their protein intake was one-half to one-third of the recommended amount. Now, when you increase the protein levels, you should have about one gram of protein for every pound of body weight. That means if you're 150 pounds, you need 150 grams of protein. By large, there are very few Americans who consume that level of protein. Just substitute more eggs in your diet, grass-fed beef, chicken, duck, whatever you bite, seafood, salmon, all the other good quality proteins, and nuts, but also when you're trying to heal a wound, also consider comfrey cream. Comfrey comes from a species called trauma comfrey. Trauma comfrey. It's the only comfrey in the world that is free of alkaloids that may potentially damage the liver. Comfrey should not be consumed orally as it may damage the liver. The jury is still out on that, but just to be cautious, the FDA has asked for volunteer compliance to not sell a product of comfrey to be swallowed or in a pill or a capsule. But it's safe as a cream, and the trauma comfrey can be used in an open wound 
because it is completely free of the alkaloids that can cause liver damage. It can be applied topically to reduce pain, like on a bad back or a swollen knee or speed up the healing of wounds. Now, we talked about statin drugs in the beginning of the program. And I told you that there was a very unexpected side effect of statin drugs. And that was skin infections. Statins are bad for your skin. Statin drugs have been on the market for over 30 years and are among the most prescribed drugs in the world. You know, the amount of cholesterol that was classified as healthy was around 240. Then over time, it has been brought down to 200 as a safe level of cholesterol. Uh, So that is the uh, prognosis, or I should say that it's the criteria of the drug companies because as they lower the level of what they believe is the healthy cholesterol, that puts more people that would require a statin drug. They're increasing the population of those that would require a drug. And there are many side effects, extreme pain after taking statin drugs, <coughs> excuse me, after taking statin drugs. Now, however, a new side effect of taking statin drugs are still being discovered. Researchers in Australia collected over 10 years of data from over 200,000 adults who took statin drugs. They found that versus a similar group of people who did not take a statin drug, statin drug users were 40% more likely to experience a skin infection. And cholesterol is important to building a protective skin barrier. Without cholesterol, the skin surface can weaken, which might allow bacteria and any other form of pathogen to penetrate the skin and create an infection. Cholesterol is a nutrient, not the demon that drug drug companies make it out to be. We need cholesterol, healthy cholesterol. It has so many different functions in our body that it's classified as a nutrient. Now, if you're taking statin drugs, you may want to take CoQ10. As the enzyme in the body that makes cholesterol is inhibited by the satin drug, it also inhibits CoQ10. Cholesterol and CoQ10 are made by the same pathway. By lowering cholesterol, that enzyme also lowers CoQ10. And CoQ10 is one of the most important factor for a healthy heart, 
and blood level and cardiovascular system. So add CoQ10. So if you're concerned about cholesterol, you may want to consider instead Indian gooseberry, or as it is known, called AMLA, A-M-L-A, AMLA. AMLA prevents oxidation of LDL cholesterol, reduces triglycerides, increases HDL levels. In a clinical trial, 98 people with abnormally high lipids, total cholesterol, triglycerides, and LDL cholesterol received either an extract of AMLA, 500 milligrams, twice a day for 12 weeks. The group receiving the AMLA, 73% had significantly lower levels of LDL cholesterol. 89% had a reduction in triglycerides. And in a separate trial of AMLA versus placebo, the HDL levels increased by 14%. 1,000 milligrams a day. Science has proven 500 milligrams AM and 500 milligrams PM. That helps manage the levels of cholesterol, not lowers cholesterol. You don't want to lower it. You want to make sure you have the right levels of these fractions of the cholesterol. And with that, my friends, I'm about ready to run out of the studio. Maybe get some sunshine today. Do something outside in the night, in the nice nature way, in the fresh air, maybe for a walk, for a run, whatever makes you happy. Get out there and have a nice time. But you know, you can join me every weekend, same time, same station for more health tips as to how you can have better quality of life at any age. Any age. You can start being healthier whenever you would like to be healthier. In fact, your health is your choice. So choose well. And please pray for this crazy, crazy world. I don't know how we allow some of the things to go on in this world that are happening today. And God bless you, my friends. And God bless this great country that it will be back to what it was once before, a great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.